Welcome to Flute Space, a platform created to show interesting stories related to life as a flutist and discovering inspiring content in form of a podcast. You can catch up with us on our Instagram, at the Flute Space, and you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. All these links can be found in our link tree in the description. And if you want to support us, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash thefluteSpace, or you can join us on Patreon. On the 30th of October, the semi-final of the Concours de Genève is going to start. And in today's episode, we got to talk to one of the semi-finalists, Raphael Adovat-Bayog. And he shared with us his preparations for competitions, and specifically for this competition, um, and also about other creative uh, projects um, that he's doing. And he also shared with us how it was for him to be on the other side to sit in a competition jury, which was very interesting to listen to. And um, yeah, we talked a lot about performing in general and what you can give the audience as a, as a musician. So we hope you enjoy. So we're very happy to be here with Rafael Adobas today in our episode and we want to congratulate you because you passed to the semi-finals of Genève Concours. Mm. Um, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, thank you. And uh, actually I feel very, very good about it and very surprised at the same time. I mean, it was, this round was quite tough. Probably one of the toughest rounds in the competitions I've done just because of the quantity and the proportion of candidates. They passed. We were 40 in the last round. And then, uh, yeah, it happened to be that, yeah, they just want to hear eight in the next round. So it's really a lottery in the end. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And also, I mean, it, it's a huge program that you all played already. And to pick from that, yeah. amazing musicians. I mean, and all, all the musicians were so good. I listened to some of the videos mm -hmm. and like, it must be so tough to, to choose just from yeah. them. Yeah, but I guess it's the thing of competitions where, okay, it's just people just putting some marks and then, okay, here's the result. <laughs> and yeah. Well, but you recently... Uh, uh, were part of a jury for the Cluj competition. Um, was it your first time being in a jury? Yeah, definitely. For well, it was my first time sitting and yeah, just having to put uh, some marks, my own uh, marks, to some candidates. Yeah. And how how was that for you? And like, did you learn something from the process? For sure, it must be weird to then sit on the other side suddenly and having mm -hmm. to choose. Yeah, it was very weird. At, at the beginning, for example, the first rounds, where it was quite a closed program. And um, I mean, anyways, it was a, a closed program during the whole competition. But I guess it's, it's different when you sit on the other side. And for me, it helped me to prepare my future performances. And it really gave me an inspiration and, and also I was thinking, maybe it was just me, but I was thinking I really want to hear the best of the candidate. 
So I kept that in my mind. And then I said, okay, I, I think I have to give this feeling and I have to have this feeling when I play. Like, okay, I have to think and I have to feel that the jury really wants the best for me at that moment. And, and that I, I was really feeling like, okay, it's this candidate's turn. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, to really, to trust the, your audience, I guess. Yes. And then really just focus on, mm. on performing and like giving. Or... Exactly, exactly. Also, also the energy of someone is super important. That's something I, I really learned, how you step on stage, how you communicate with your partner, how you communicate with even with yourself, no? like when when we do uh -huh. the mistakes or when you are playing so good and you are feeling the moment, how do you how do you react to those to those feelings? Yeah, and I think it's also super important to have a, a program where you feel confident and comfortable also to to be able to transport all of that. Like, how did you, for example, uh, choose your program yeah, for, for Genève? Yeah, this competition it was quite special because we had a close list at the very at the first stages of the competition but then moving on we have for example one hour recital and we which we have to choose from ourselves solo or with piano and then there's chamber music which is also quite definite baroque sonata uh, jolivet with strings and the commission piece but uh, also in the in the last round in the online recital you can already see what's the personality of the of the candidate. So for me, choosing the repertoire of a competition is definitely the most important step, I would say, because there you can show with uh with within your time, you have to show what are your strengths, and then okay, let's say to hide your weaknesses. This is this is our goal, eh? because everyone knows each other better. Instead of thinking of, also I had to compromise myself with pieces I really liked the most. Oh, I want to play this piece. I want to play this piece. I really like it. I enjoy it. But then I have to see. I have to ask myself, does this piece really represent me, as an artist? Is this really my style? Do I feel safe? Can I convey my ideas? And then the technical issues. Okay, for example. Um, the forte in the low register is not my thing, or really the forte in the high register. So don't pick these pieces where, okay, these weaknesses are showing of more, I would say. And then, okay, always, always focus on the strengths. Focus on the strengths, and then your weak the weaknesses will always appear somehow. But then you have more chances to develop the strengths and the weaknesses come always itself instead of okay, I want to challenge myself on the technical side, because I guess the technical side should be there anyways. You are already competing with high-level profile musicians and flutists, especially. So it's more about your world, your music, and, and how, how you, you express your ideas. Which piece was your favorite one from that round? Or is it too mm. early? From that round in the online recital, you mean, the last one. Hmm. I mean, each piece has really a meaning for me. I mean, the ballad from Matan Ballad was, I, I played it since I was 14, 13, so it was really always there. Fura, I played it last year in the ARD. It was one of the hardest pieces I had to play, so I really took time for it. 
And I would say between Gobert and Schulhoff, I think Gobert is definitely a discovery for this year. I think each, each year has a piece for me. I don't know for you guys. <laughs> but this year was for me Gobert, and Schulhoff was maybe two or three years ago when I discovered it. So when I saw this list, Schulhoff, I said, okay, I have to play this piece because it's on me somehow. And you were also going to play a composition of your own. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to ask, how was the, the process of composing this piece? Mm. So this piece, let's say it's more a collage somehow. It's not really an original piece of mine, let's say. I just put together some bits of this piece. And yeah, I had two months to prepare this piece. It was, um, uh, let's say, an exercise. Uh, homework from the Nielsen competition back in 2019 where we all the candidates we had to put together different pieces from uh, music from Nielsen and from uh, flute repertoire and the process was very interesting and very uh, it, it was a journey I would say and I was so so happy to to have done that and to see how many people were involved in that process. It was not only me. I saw, I asked my many friends, many flutist friends, non-flutists, ex-teachers, uh, my classmates at that time, and, and they were just uh, giving me more ideas. I paid for them. How would you do this? How would you do that? And every time I look into a certain part of the piece, I remember that person or that moment. So really, I... I have to say that was the most exciting part for me to to have that piece as a collaboration because in the end I mean let's say with time it's thanks to them no that I I have this kind of of journey. Yeah, that must be so nice to now work on it again and remember all those moments when you like first were yeah making the collage and putting everything together and then having all your friends yeah. In the piece, kind of like living in the memories. That's super nice. It, yeah, it's a. It sounds like a very um, a special process, and also kind of maybe connected to performing arts. It seems like a very performative piece. Not that any other pieces are not performative, mm -hmm. but it's kind of a bit more than that. It's a piece of art in itself. You mean because it's like. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted specifically that piece to be like this because I, for example, in my high school years, I did a um, performing arts gymnasium, so it's really an important part of of my life, and uh, and also I've been performing like uh, skits or plays with uh, with companies, so it's it's I I really had to do it. <laughs> I mean, that sounds very exciting and like an enriching part of your musical career also. I think, I think everyone should have that. Well, yeah, all of us who are performing should have that aspect as well, kind of to explore um, performances and... Yeah, because we're not just musicians, like yeah. we're, we are on stage, we are performers. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's important to know about those things. Well, another aspect of your work, it seems that um, you, connect, you connect a lot of music with emotions. 
Um, how do you develop that into? Practice? I think an important factor of this is is experience, because, yeah, there are certain emotions, of course, that develop in different ways at in the different stages of life. So I really believe that being experienced and being mature emotionally that gives lots of variety and then from this experience we should be able to to put words to 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 define and but not only one keyword okay there should be a keyword but there should be different different details and then okay being let's say being strict on it while we're practicing so okay we stop in a section and then constantly ask yourself okay what is this emotion at this moment is it pain is it anger is it happy is it sad but it cannot be only happy or only sad it can be sad with hope it can be sad but nostalgic or alone so definitely it's it's this uh honest facing honest with facing these questions during the practice and do you where do you get input from i mean are you also working on these things with with your teacher or is it something that comes like from from you like naturally it's or? definitely it's it, my teacher is definitely a big help for this and and she really she really she's really pushing on okay but do you what do you hear in this moment what what, what is the feeling and then of course she's also pushing on 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 checking the harmony on checking the rhythmic patterns that are going behind because this can also give excitement if are like repeated notes ta, 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 then it's kind of tension or if there is a long note then it's a more peaceful section or or yeah and and this it's definitely biggest part i have to I have to say it from my teacher and then of course you have to bring your own interpretation And your teacher is Andrea Liebknecht. Yeah, yes. Munich. <laughs> How is it to study in Munich? Oh, it's definitely amazing. <laughs> I'm very. <laughs> I I was very, very. How would you say? Very lucky, of course, and very honored to be part of of such a city, because it's it's really happening, lots of lots of things and i felt i was part of it like i was okay it's, it's the city there are things happening and and i'm involved in it in the culture i can go to the opera i can go to the to the to watch concerts to jam sessions and um also very lucky to be part of this amazing class i have to say from the very first minute uh, i was totally in, in awe constantly in shock no on on the on on the different kinds of players, kinds of personalities that uh, Andrea was, was bringing to the class. And, uh, and that richness gives a concrete atmosphere, which was very helpful. I can imagine like being part of such a class where like everyone is really on, like playing on such a high level. It helps you to like be focused and focus on your goals, but Maybe it's also easy to get overwhelmed or like how did you manage to to stay grounded and like to to keep your mm -hmm. path kind of? Yeah, it's for sure overwhelming when it's 
this kind of atmosphere and uh, there are periods there are phases it's 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 not always overwhelming it's not always calm it's not always stressful so i think what i learned a lot um especially in my second year it was when i started to feel because i started being an exchange student and then i became let's say like a real student and i felt already like okay i'm i think i'm real i'm a real part of this i'm not like just visiting and uh yeah at that point it, i felt quite overwhelmed but because of the information i was receiving i had to learn german i had to do these things i have to do other things and then i learned i i had to spend more time with myself and with my friends this was the key in every case and maybe with time i got more sensitive with this so whenever i my body is having a headache or something when each kind of pain each everything minimum sign of stress definitely yeah it's a sign that hey you have to stop <laughs> yeah that's important to listen to your body and yeah. to learn the signs um and for some people it goes faster for some people it goes slower i think everyone has a different kind of time table for themselves yeah <laughs> to learn mm -hmm. the signs yeah. of getting stressed how was it actually for you to learn mm. quite hard at the beginning my first year because i wasn't expecting to stay in germany so i spoke english all the time and my i, I feel quite comfortable with my english so i really i didn't have the need to speak german let's say okay i was erasmus i was erasmus and that that was like my reason eh? like not to learn not to learn english a eh, german but uh yeah on the second year it went I mean, I had to have the B1, so I took like maybe two or three months intense course, intensive course, and then, uh, let's say, yeah, then following year, my teacher started uh, speaking to me in one lesson, it was maybe the third or fourth lesson in German, the whole lesson, and then, okay, that, that was a real headache, <laughs> and it took me some time to get used to that, but then slowly, when you move, into different uh, groups or music groups when you start doing gigs slowly or chamber music then you see okay i have to learn german and i will learn german at some point even if i don't understand at this time <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i mean that's the way it has to go like you have to just like in your daily um yeah lessons and also with your friends and within rehearsals you have to just start mm -hmm. to speak because otherwise i mean it, it will always feel unnatural yes. somehow. But and it's difficult to hmm. listen at first for a language that's a bit unfamiliar. You need to be you so know. focused all the time. Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. And but nice that you managed. What difference would you say is there between studying in Spain and in Germany or Munich in hmm. I would say the the real focus into a performing studio, a performing degree. I think in Spain they gave uh, too much weight on the, um, in, the, in the program you have really a lot of uh, theory lessons and it's not possible to skip. They kind of don't understand that you also have a 
a performing life, let's say. And in Germany, I felt they were more respectful with this. Maybe the first years are quite stressful with some theory stuff, but they give you space and they understand that you're performing. I have the feeling. And uh, even if, if you have a job or if you want to have a break from studies, you can always apply for a um, holiday semester, let's say, where it's kind of freezing that semester and you don't lose that semester. You can apply even up to four semesters, I think. So it's two years. If you have a contract somewhere and but you still want to keep your place as a student, you can do it. So this flexibility I didn't find so much in Spain, unfortunately. Okay, that's that's really interesting and also maybe practical for anyone listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we also know that you uh, did your academy at the Royal um, Stockholm harmonic orchestra um and how was that oh that was really an amazing experience it was very intense it was it's one year program it goes very fast there are many subjects uh and not subjects like seminars and many chances to play with the orchestra as well as with chamber music almost every month there was a program where we even had to moderate and and to present the pieces and then, of course, the lessons with whoever you wanted from the orchestra. And even myself, I got the chance to play, I would say, even more than than, than second flute. I played more as a first flute, and that was really a good practice. Also, I had the, the other solo flutist was listening to the rehearsals, for example, and was giving me feedback on how to behave. And That's amazing to be guided through, like, to this, because otherwise... If you don't get any guidance, you get called, oh, wait, the solo flute? Uh, yeah. Or then it's yeah. Just yeah. Actually, my sick. second week playing, it was like this, because the solo flute got sick and the co-solo also got, it was sick. Both were sick somehow, and I had to jump in to play Shostakovich 9. Oh. Which is not and... such a small piece at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 really. But, I mean, I was assigned to play as a second flute that week. So I kind of know the knew the piece, but not the solos, of course, and not the other important sections. And it happened that the 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 guest that was supposed to come as first flute, she had to come after the break. So no one was sitting on the first flute, and there were like small solos already at the symphony. So the conductor at that time, Sakari Oramo, he told me, "Okay, can you sit, please, on the first flute?" I said, "Okay, let's see, let's see." Uh, I mean, let's see, you know, I was stressed, <laughs> of course, but I I learned, I, I kind of enjoyed. I was stressed on the inside, super confident on the outside, for sure. Like, no problem. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, in these kind of situations, it's 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 good to, to, to know where is your center, no? And how to behave. <laughs> and also to trust in your abilities and not to... Just go crazy and and what is your favorite project from that um, academy? It was it's hard to say. One of my favorite projects was uh, the week with Don Kopman, which we played Haydn symphonies for one flute, for two flutes also, and I, I was playing also principal flute that week, and I I really like I I love baroque music. I'm 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 a big fan of it and. And that week was really nice in a small format, like in a chamber orchestra. But another great week 
weeks. It was two weeks in a row. It was with Franz Velsenmust. And and we did like Bruckner 9 and uh, Fifth Symphony from Prokofiev. Those weeks were very special for me. You just said that you love Baroque music. You also do play Traverso, yes. right? Yes, 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 yes. In some years. But yeah, I'm also doing a bachelor in Munich. Yes, it's uh, with uh, Marion Troipel Frank. And uh, yeah, it's a super nice program and department in the Hochschule, in the, Hochschule in, the, in the school. How do you manage to find time to practice? I the... always try to see, uh, maybe I should dedicate more time, of course, but I try to see as a, a relaxing part of my practice. So whenever I say, okay, I got enough of the flute or I got enough of the technical stuff and the more stressful things to learn, then comes the Baroque flute, okay, what do I have to prepare for the next lesson? Okay, is this uh, Locatelli Sonata? Okay, just have it on the stand, play a bit, and and it's it's so much fun to discover. And um, something unrelated to that, but um, performing into in different countries, what kind of, what is your impression of different audiences, like from different countries? Who is more susceptible to a performance oh. yeah I would say oh, it is, this is this is such an interesting question for example this year I played in Japan and I really admired how the people were so respectful like really you can see just the head standing like this and and really not moving not doing any noises it was so quiet and and then they they just clap at the end and they are really they really appreciate that kind of performance and for instance in spain or italy in the south i have the feeling it's more raw let's say okay if i want to move i have to move if i want to eat a candy i will eat a candy and make some noise if i want to whisper something to my mom wow this is beautiful then i will just say it out loud most in the most pianissimo moment, no? That's when you take out the candy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then, for example, they are super enthusiastic after a performance. Like, wow, and then they start screaming, bravo. They're, they're, really, they're really into it, into the, the celebration moment. It's also interesting to see like, which audience you're audiences are going, going to be more um, for audience participation and mm -hmm. which audiences are going to be scared yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes 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 yeah well related to to audiences we asked um our audience if they have some questions for you and mm -hmm. frederick sanchez well first he says hi to you and he asked the question that I think is very interesting and maybe also tricky to answer, but he asked, what can we offer to the audience for them to feel excited to come to our concert more than just music? Like, what can we give to mm. them as a performer? I think we kind of answered this question before and we said the keyword emotion. So... Mm -hmm. I think it's giving a, a complete experience to to the audience, which is not only waves, sound waves coming through, should be waves with something, and 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 these kind of emotions. It comes. It's starting with with our breath already on how nervous do we feel on that day, and 
how much effort and how much how many hours did we spend on thinking on that phrase on what which energy would i like to give is it which energy which emotion so i guess this is the this is the thing we can only offer because if if the emotion is there and the emotion comes through can be make it positive or negative to the audience you can have of course negative feedback but if it's raw and if it it's really it's coming from you i think you made something good and you may want the people may want to come back to your next concert yeah i think that's a super nice answer yeah um, i hope frederick will be happy with this <laughs> uh, another question we got was what do you do in your free time besides flute and besides flute and traverso practice to relax from the flute i hope you also relax from the traverso practice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to take long walks, for example. I call friends. Uh, I like dancing a lot, like to any kind of music. But I, I like going out, hanging out with them. In the evening, at night, we go to pubs or to clubs. I like clubbing. And uh, yeah, I like eating also, I have to say. So, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and eating is something very nice. <laughs> well, we can uh, now ask you five questions. Um, so it's uh, three questions and we ask everyone. Um, the first question is, which soundtrack would you choose for your life? This is me from The Greatest Showman, I would say. Uh, do you know, guys, this song? Very nice. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I would, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I would say something also from Michael Jackson, for example. And from his, uh, This Is Us, from his, no. This Is Us is the name of the film? The tribute to, no. Ma or no, Michael. I think we have to. Um, research. To about, yes. <laughs> no, it's not This research. Is Us. It's, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, Greatest uh, Showman is a good choice. <laughs> um, the next fire question. Which is your favorite orchestral piece? Oh... Vorjak 8, I would say. Nice choice. Um, it's difficult, eh? But yeah, <laughs> that's the first one. <laughs> do you have any dream project you would like to do? Of course. I have lots of fantasies. But my dream project is to put together all the friends and all of my influences, which I had direct contact with, from the music world and also from the performing world, non-classical, from the pop music, uh, jazz, everyone, and the same concert. And to have them on stage with me. That's so nice. What, what would you perform then? Yeah, so I would perform, everything would be a collage for sure. So that, that's the main point. And uh, yeah, it all the friends, have like different specialties like I have flamenco friends I have performing arts uh, like theater acting like actors which are actors and I have friends also jazz musicians and I would do kind of a storyline let's say something okay something that's happening which is the common point of each piece and then the last piece should be everyone on stage. Oh, sorry, Let's a huge go. fusion project. Yeah, yeah very yeah. multidisciplinary, <laughs> big show. Yes, yes, but uh, I would still maintain the, the flute 
as a main focus. This is this is my thing. I would play traverso, for example, of course. <laughs> I yeah, different kinds of flutes. Wow. Well, let us know if you will do that because we will of course come. Yeah, we really hope this happens. <laughs> um, yeah. It has to. <laughs> now it's been hmm. said, so we have it recorded. Yes, <laughs> said and recorded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and for for replying to all of our questions. I think it was very interesting to get an insight into. Yeah, how you think of performing and, and also your competition preparation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, all of the things that you're doing. Um, and also, good luck on the Genève competition. We have our fingers crossed for you. Um, and like that you have strength and everything to go through the program and everything. So, yeah. Thank you so much. episode ends but continues on patreon where Raphael will answer some more audience questions more in depth about his practice and competitions and warm-up routine and more interesting stuff so if you're interested into that see you on patreon <laughs> <laughs>